Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to walk in your royal identity in Christ and experience God's goodness in every area of your life. I hope you enjoy this message today. And if you're looking for more resources, check out chrisvalentin.com. Good morning. Well, I haven't been here for three weeks. I feel like I should like... Yeah, Dan's up there. Mr. Vacation Dan. I feel like I should uh, like do a Hail Mary or something or pray. But uh, we had a couple weeks vacation and then I was in Arizona preaching at Michael Maiden's church. Do you guys remember Michael Maiden? Such a powerful church and a great, what an honor it was to be there. So it's, um, I heard that Dan preached last week with a tiger or lion or something behind you. They gave me Christmas trees. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Was Dan's message good? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, thank you for coming. How many of you are first-year students? Would you stand? You're a first-year student. You just got here. First-year students. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for being here. And... And how many of you that are standing, you're international first-year students, you're internationals. Look at that, so good. You can sit, uh, second-year students, how many second-year students we have in here right now, starting? Oh, so good. Do do we have any third-year students? Third-year students, there we go. That's so good. Yeah, and first year, we, I was uh, just greeting people and found, met so many first-year students, some from Germany, met someone from Norway, someone from Canada. Man, I think Canada, you can get, man, it's just so good. <laughs> and, uh, um, well, let's pray. Sorry, I was going to say something funny, then I thought, that probably is rude. <laughs> I'm always thinking, like, what would Kathy do? Anyway, <laughs> let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for what you're doing all over the world, and we just ask your blessing, your specific blessing on the hearts of people in this room that are following us by Bethel TV and YouTube. We just, Lord, we thank you for this global family. And we pray, Lord, that you would move on the hearts of people today, that you would, Lord, that you would transform them, that you would encourage them, that you would even correct and convict us, Lord, where it's necessary but that you would move us deeper and deeper into the heart of Jesus. Amen. I want to tell you about an experience I had this last week. I just told you that I was at Michael Maiden's church, and I came back, and Michael Maiden has has this amazing testimony, which I don't know all the details, but I'll I'll try to give you part of it. Um, He, about, I think around 20 years ago, he planted a church in the Phoenix area, and that church exploded and became a mega church. I think there was thousands of people in that church. I think, it was, I think his friend was the CFO who oversaw all their finance. And anyway, that friend ran off with millions of dollars. And the outcome of that was that the newspaper media picked up on it and he lost his entire church. Not only did he lose his church, but for months and months and months, the media shamed him. He went into a deep depression. He ended up having kind of like a nervous breakdown. And it was a huge, huge crisis, obviously, in his life. Losing uh, the the family and the the church that he 
that he labored in for so many years. But several years later, I think around 10 years, maybe 15 years later, that, uh, oh, I didn't tell you this part. While all that was going on, there was a church not too far down the road from him that that pastor pretty often, almost weekly, would shame him and demean him and call him names and preach against him for years, even before the financial crisis. And so anyway, after the whole, his whole uh, church crashed and he lost everything, lost his building, lost, I don't, I don't know if they went bankrupt, but they lost everything. He went into a deep depression, came out of that, and about, I think it was around 10, 12, 15 years later, the Lord gave him a church and then like a year later gave him a building worth $40 million. But the amazing thing about that building is it was the building of the man who shamed him for years. When Michael got that building, there was a different man uh, in, you know, uh, pastoring at the time when they gave him that building. He went back to the original, the man who planted that church, who was the guy who was his enemy, the guy who was shaming him. He invited him to church and they honored him, built a plaque in honor of him, blessed him, and that man's become his friend. That's a great word. You should hear him tell the story because the details are incredible. It's one of the most incredible stories I've ever heard. Well, um, I got home from that from that, from that church on a Sunday and I was thinking about, all week long I was thinking about it and on, um, on, the, on the 29th, I was, it was a Monday night, I was laying awake and I, you know how I just lay awake just thinking, you start thinking you can't go to sleep and I was thinking about this whole journey that Michael Maiden was on and how the Lord had taken the man who was against him, he actually gave him his building and then reconciled the relationship. And I went to bed with that on my mind, just thinking about that. And when I woke up the next morning, actually just woke up about five, and I was just, as soon as I came awake, I heard this phrase, give me, give me your ashes. Give me your ashes. And I laid there for a long time, this phrase just going through my mind, Give me your ashes. And I began to realize that I had a whole bunch of ashes. That I was like, what ashes? <laughs> oh, you mean you want Kathy to give her? I want you... You give me your ashes. I'm going to tell you more about that in a minute, but I, I, was, I flashed on a story that morning, the 30th this week, in which I was counseling this woman. This was many years ago, probably 20 years ago, and she, she had, I think, five kids, at least four. But she was a young, young woman. She had five young kids, and her husband got, I think it was in a, an accident, but he died suddenly and left her with these kids. And she was, now that had been like three years past. And she came to my office over another issue and she wanted to talk about this thing that was going on in her life. And I sat down with her and I said, let's pray. And when we prayed, I said, hey, before we talk about that, 
I have a question for you. And she said, all right, what is it? I said, have you mourned your husband's death? Because it says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And she looked at me. She was like she was going to say, what do you mean? But before she could say that, I said, I have this picture of you that you had to carry on your back the weight of these five little children and you didn't have time to be weak and I don't think that you've mourned your husband's death to this day and I think that's killing you. And she looked at me and she burst out in tears and she cried for over an hour. I just put my arms around her. There was no more talking and this held her as she wept. She said, I never have. And she, she wept through the whole session. Saw her again, like I think it was a week or two later. She wept through that session. And then the next couple of sessions, she came in. She said, it feels like weight, tons of weight came off of me. And from there on, she did very well. A few years later, married again. Anyway, I flashed on that story when the Lord said, give me your ashes. And I started realizing that, you know, John Maxwell said this, sorry. John Maxwell said, when leaders lack confidence, people lack commitment. It's kind of been a motto in my heart, and I believe that, but there's another side to that, of course. And I had to realize, you know, a few years ago, Kathy was diagnosed with Parkinson's. By the way, she's doing quite well. She killed a bear last week. It's not a metaphor. With a bow. Oh, yeah. From 74 yards. If you know anything about hunting with, you know, a bow, like, that's a long shot. One shot. Yes, we are eating the meat, 174 pounds we got from that bear. Anyway, that's why I sleep with one eye open one. I've said it several times, but someone breaks into our house, I wake her up, I'm like, gotta go check that out, I'll call it please. We went through COVID, we all did. I remember waking up a couple of days after it was announced that we were in a pandemic and our governor decided that we couldn't publicly meet. And we were six weeks from 2,600 students graduating when our state decided that we could no longer meet and that we had to go online to a platform we didn't have and try to figure out how to graduate 2,600 students from 72 countries. I remember walking in class that day telling our students that there would be no graduation. We would graduate them by driving through, handing them diplomas. I remember not being able to do anything right. <laughs> I remember getting up every morning with anxiety, trying to figure out how are we gonna pay 
800 employees, 700 employees. How are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to function? When we got told we couldn't have services, how are we going to cancel nine services a weekend? How are we going to cancel our events? How, how are we going to go on? Just about in the middle of all that, I gave that beautiful word about Donald Trump. I don't care if you believe whatever. Can't, you know, it, was, it doesn't matter to me at this point, especially. No matter what I did in that season, I couldn't do anything right. Half our congregation, no matter what we did, thought we were doing it wrong and went home every night having to make very hard decisions. The congregation that's typically with us, just as we were moving through that, Eric and Candace resigned, which is obviously beautiful now, but was not easy for any of us, especially in the season. And I, I don't know if I have the dates exactly right, but I think that the week before they left, I think Benny was diagnosed with cancer. 18 months later, obviously, she went home. And all of that while well, we decided to build a $100 million building just in case we need something else to do. <laughs> and that morning, Tuesday morning, I laid awake. The Lord said, give me your ashes. Give them to me. All the ashes, give them all to me. Bring them here to me. Thank you, Bill. You turned into very, very pastoral. <laughs> Give me. <laughs> I'm so used to wiping on my pants. <laughs> Give me your ashes. Give them to me. You know, sometimes we're making decisions today out of the pain of yesterday. Yeah. My last year, this last year, I've been contemplating retiring for the whole year. I don't need the money. I call myself poor Dan. He's in my office about every other week, having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I'm the one having a nervous breakdown. But I realized on Tuesday when the Lord said, give me your ashes. Sometimes we do things to ease our pain. Like how, what's the fastest way to get out of this pain? How do I exit this pain? We're not trying to do anything evil or wrong. We're just like, I just got to get out of this pain. I remember some years ago, this is quite a few years ago, that uh, I was uh, walking along among the congregation during worship, and I was just praying, just blessing some folks right over back there. And there was an older lady and her husband back there who had been in our congregation for a long time, in her 60s. And she was here long before Kathy and I got here. And a very noble woman, godly. Didn't know her super well, just her reputation. 
inner stability. And I was just walking along and I was just blessing some people. And when I touched her, I had this overwhelming feeling I wanted to die. And I'm like, well, that's kind of strange. I'm not really having that bad of a day. <laughs> and then I, but it really shocked me because of who she was and because of, I wasn't prepared for it. And I thought, well, I'll just touch a couple more people and see if it comes back. And it didn't. So I went back and just tried to be nonchalant about it and put my hand on her shoulder to pray for her. And when I did, I had this overwhelming feeling that I wanted to kill myself. And so I'm like, wow, I wonder if this is discernment. And the music was going and it was kind of like not a super appropriate time, but I whispered in her ear, are you doing okay? And she whispered back, what do you mean by that? <laughs> you know, the, the, the standard answer is yes. <laughs> Or no. <laughs> what do you mean by that? I said, well, gosh, here we go. And now I'm like, what would Kathy do? You know? <laughs> so I said, well, when I put my hand on your shoulder, I had this overwhelming feeling I want to kill myself. And I, before I could say anything else, she burst into tears. And she starts weeping. And her husband looks over at me like, you know, like men do like, because he couldn't tell what I was saying, but he's like, this better turn out good. <laughs> And like, I had no idea she was going to burst out of tears like that. So she's just weeping. And she says through her tears, whispers in my ear, she said about six months ago, I had this overwhelming feeling that I wanted to kill myself and it plagues me every minute I'm awake. I said, okay, well, let's pray. So I put my hand on her shoulder again, whispering again, whispering in her ear, Lord, I just pray right now that you would show us how this thing happened and we'd break this thing over her life. And immediately I said, I, I, I heard this thing and I said, hey, did something bad happen six months ago that you said to yourself or maybe even out loud, if this ever happens, I could just take my life. I could just kill myself and I won't have to go through this pain. And she looked at me like she saw a ghost and she said, yes. And she explained that her grandson was going through this really traumatic thing. And she said, six months ago, it got, came to a peak and I was in so much pain. And I just said, well, I could just kill myself and I wouldn't have to go through this. And then she looked at me and she said, what did I do? I said, you made a covenant with Satan. She goes, I made a covenant with Satan. <laughs> she looked at me. We both kind of had a fat, quick chuckle. I, I don't mean like you made a covenant. I just mean you just unknowingly made an agreement that you would get peace from darkness instead of trusting the prince of peace. And she said, oh, I had no idea I did that. I said, well, let's just break that. So we did. We prayed right there and she renounced it and I prayed for her. And I, we didn't feel anything happened. There was no manifestation, no big deliverance thing or anything happened. And, but the next week I was eager, waiting for her to come to, to, this, to Sunday morning. So she got there and I went right back and before I could say anything, she put her arms around me and she says, it's gone. It's all gone. <laughs> And for the next weeks, you know, uh, every, every week for a while, there, I went back there and she was like, oh, I'm doing so good. But sometimes we get in situations where we have these ashes and we just make decisions out of these ashes. Not because we're evil, not because we, we're not following Jesus, but just because we're in so much pain. And we're like, how do I get out of these ashes? When the Lord said to me, 
give me your ashes. To be honest, I didn't think I had ashes. To be totally honest. Had some bad circumstances, weathered them really good. Got her done, Lord. Got the bills paid. Thank Jesus. You paid all the bills, Lord. You increased the offerings during COVID when, when everything else was going down. You gave us more money. You're building this building. Already brought in almost $40 million. It's like, and the Lord's like, come here. Come here. Come here. You just lost one of your best friends. You prayed 18 months. Look at me. Don't tell me you don't have ashes. You just had people leave that you love very much. You just built relationships with people who left. You got accused by people who you love. Look at me. Give me your ashes. I feel like I have more to say. I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you right now. If you have ashes, you know you do because Holy Spirit's talking to you right now. Whether you're watching us online, you're part of our global family, if you're in the room. You always know when the Holy Spirit's talking to you and you're like, yeah, I got those too. And maybe you didn't know it when you walked in here. Maybe you were like me on Tuesday, like, I'm good. Things wonderful. I live in a testimony culture where you can get through it before you get through it. You all know what I mean. If that's you, would you stand? I don't want to embarrass you, but would you stand? I want to pray for you right now. See, you were there being all critical, then the Holy Spirit leaned over to you like, you got ashes too. <laughs> of course, being funny. I just had this picture for myself, and I'd like to do the same for you. I'd like you just to take your hands like this. Put on your imagineers right now, and I'd like you to imagine your ashes. Right now, just close your eyes, and imagine your ashes. And then, secondly, I want you to do this. I want you to imagine that Jesus is standing right in front of you. Standing right in front of you. And I want you to imagine that he's saying to you, give me your ashes. And I want you right now just to hand him Take your hands and I want you to say, I want you to say this out loud. Here, come on out loud. Here is my ashes. You can have them. I trust you with these broken things. And I pray that you would make beauty somehow come out of these ashes. In Jesus' name. Now I'm going to pray for you, Lord. I thank you for these people who have been so authentic and vulnerable to stand in front of their brothers and sisters and say, I got ashes and I'm, I want to give them up right now. Lord, I pray that you would shift these circumstances. For some, it's a season. For some, it's been an era. For some, it's one dark incident that just plagues them. 
Lord, I pray right now that you would solve these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can sit. Thank you. Obviously, this comes out of this passage, Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me, to preach the good news to the afflicted, to bind up the brokenhearted, to speak release to captives and freedom to prisoners, the favorable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to grant all those who mourn. Here we go. To give them a garland instead of ashes. The New American, I mean, the King James Version says, to give them beauty instead of ashes, a mantle of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So Lord, I just thank you for that, what you're doing. You know, how many of you were in the room or you heard the message I shared? I don't know, I don't know, we, we talked so much, two months ago, but I think I entitled the message, Bethel's Gone to the Birds. How many of you remember this message? I told you the Bob Jones story about him calling this an eagle's nest. Do you remember this story? And, and then after that, I think it was after that, we had the roadrunner. Remember the story of the roadrunner? Then after that, we had the owl. The owl knows, who's who? Remember that story? And then after that, recently, we had the peacock. I shook it for you pretty good when I did the message. It's much, much better than I'm shaking it right now. Not feeling so shaky. And the geese. Yeah, the geese, the honkers. I don't think I put that in the message, though, that time. Well, I know this is going to get too weird, and we are streaming, so here comes another documentary. <laughs> Bill and I, we're like movie stars. We just keep getting the documentaries we don't even get paid for. Well, a few months ago, up, upstairs in the hospitality room where we, we pray often, a little bird comes to the window. Now, I, I didn't know anyone else saw the bird. I, 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 you know, the first few times, it's a little brown bird, like a little brown bird. And the bird comes to the window, and there's like six window panes, but it always comes to the same one. I mean, I didn't know always. Like, I went in there, there's a little bird there. I'm like, oh, that's cute, really cute. The next week I was in there, or I think it was a few days later, I was in there for another meeting, and the little bird was there. He wasn't there when we came, he came. And I'm like, hmm, I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> so I'm trying to get out of this weird mode. And then I, I was in there the next week, and the bird was there again, and again, and again. And this went on for, this has been going on for months, this little bird. So one day we're in the meeting, there's several of us, and the little bird's there, and, and I said to Ben, I said, Ben, you see that little bird? He goes, oh, that bird comes all the time when I come here to pray. I say, he comes when you pray too. He's like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of sad because I thought it was my own little personal bird, to be honest. <laughs> Glad it wasn't a parrot. Anyway, and then Bill said something in a meeting. He goes, yeah, this little bird's coming. I'm like, oh, you've seen the bird too. So this bird comes all the time. So when Ben was in the meeting, I said to Ben, what kind of bird is that? I think birds, like Ben's a bird watcher guy. And Ben's like, oh, that's a cardinal, a brown cardinal, because most of them are red. Well, oh, that's pretty cool. So anyway, I thought, I wonder what a cardinal means. So I looked up the word cardinal, and it means hinge, like a hinge that you would put on a door, like a hinge. And the word cardinal means blessed or favored but it also represents heaven to earth. 
This is a good message right here, I got to tell you. It's a good message. And it's packaged in a little bird. Okay, here we go. I'm not sure if you're getting where I'm going, but I mean, I mean, when the Lord shows up with an eagle, you're like, yeah, the eagle is so majestic. I mean, how do you, you know, you have to not be a Christian to got, not get something prophetic out of that, you know? The Lord shows up with, you know, with, with an owl. I mean, an owl. Like, how do you not like, people are like, it's so wicked. I mean, like, it's wisdom. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you know, I mean, people just like, they just assign, I mean, they just assign some kind of a meaning to it because it's like, it's a big bird, you know? And when the roadrunner, it's not even native to our area, you know, like runs through our house. I mean, how do you not think, well, maybe the Lord's in that, you know, there goes the roadrunner, me, me, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I mean, it's hard to not think like maybe the Lord's in this, right? And then a peacock, you know, right in my window, like right there that my wife still thinks is a turkey. But my neighbor came over and said a peacock got out of his neighbor's yard. See that? Listen, you're not always right. (laughs) I mean, you chose me, which shows some of your brilliance right there. She was young. Anyway, a a little little, uh, parentheses. I came home about three weeks ago, and there was a vulture sitting on our fence, and I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Not every bird that shows up is prophetic, right? Then I looked and there was something dead in our yard. I'm like, oh Lord, thank you, Jesus. I mean, it's kind of easy to assign some kind of majesty and something powerful to something that looks beautiful and at least big. But when a bird comes to your window that's like that big and brown, they didn't even send the red one. I mean, at least send the red one. That's beautiful. It's red. It's the blood of Jesus. The redemption of Christ Jesus has come upon us. He sent it as cardinals, like the Catholics are going to be our friends. You know, (laughs) that was all a joke, right? That part is a joke. I'm just pointing out that sometimes Elijah learned that sometimes God isn't in the fire. Sometimes He's not in the earthquake. Are you with me? Sometimes he's not in the wind. Sometimes he's in the little bird. That you have to lean in and hear. I'm closing one door and opening another. Hey, hey, come here. I sent it to you 15 times and you haven't noticed yet. See the little bird? Yeah, Ben noticed the little bird. I know, he's a bird watcher, though. I sent this thing to you over and over. I want you to notice the little bird. What's it mean? It means it's a hinge. I'm about to change seasons. I'm about to close this door and open another one. I'm about to... Close the earthly door and open the heavenly door. And I'll send a little bird. Because sometimes I speak in only a way that the humble and hungry can hear. Can you heal the little bird? 
Can you hear the little bird? It's funny, I was sharing that. Well, I'll, I'll let Jen. Jen's going to come up in a few minutes and tell the rest of that story. I, I, I'd been reading through Thessalonians this last week, just in my devotional time, and I was in Second Thessalonians, and I opened the, the uh, Bible to read um, the next couple chapters. But when I went to open the Bible, the Lord said, I, I don't want you to read there. I want you to read Acts 22. Well, let me tell you, I was glad it was Acts and like even in the New Testament anywhere. Because sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and the Lord's like, Jeremiah, I'm like, oh God, not Jeremiah. What have I done? <laughs> Listen, I, I say I'm sorry before I even read Jeremiah. <laughs> I don't know the book well enough to know what chapter's what, but I know he's like always in a bad mood except for a few little good mood spots. So I was just want to say I was encouraged it was in Acts. And so I, I picked up my Bible, turned to Acts, and it's the story of the Apostle Paul before the Sanhedrin and the king telling his story to them that he was on the way with orders from his government to persecute more Christians in new provinces. And while he's on the way in Damascus, you know the story. While he's on the way, suddenly a light shone from heaven. And he fell to the ground and he heard a voice, an audible voice that said, Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus, who you are persecuting. And immediately the Lord blinds him and he ends up, I think, in at the Tanner's house by the sea, I think. In the meantime, the Lord talks to Ananias. Ananias is not an apostle. He's not a prophet. He's a little bird. He's a disciple. We wouldn't know his name if he hadn't ministered to a famous person eventually. And the Lord says to Ananias, I want you to go to this house, gives him the address. There's a man named Saul there who's seen the Lord. By the way, Ananias does argue with the Lord. He goes, oh, I know that guy. I don't trust him. You shouldn't either. <laughs> And the Lord says, he's, he's my disciple. I want you to go pray for his healing, restore his eyes, and then tell him that he's called to be a leader, to speak to kings, to Gentiles, and to the nations. He shows up at his house, not as his house. He shows up the address that he got by word of knowledge. Right place, right guys there. He prays for him, as you well know the story. Something like scales falls from his eyes. He's immediately healed. He gives him prophetic declaration. You're called to speak to Gentiles, to kings, to leaders. Paul's telling the story. And the, the great persecutor Saul, first century ISIS leader, becomes the great apostle Paul. I'm reading that story because the Lord said, we're doing Acts 22 today. I'm reading the story. I know the story pretty well. I'm like, Lord, what does that have to do with me? He said, I'm going to take the people who were against you and they're going to become heroes in your house. They're going to become heroes in your house. The people who were against you, they're going to suddenly be for you. I'm going to shift. This is the hinge 
I'm going to shift. Can you hear the little bird? I'm going to shift the season. And people who hated you are going to be people who promote you. And not only that, but many of them are going to become leaders in the movement that you're in. Those who wrote documentaries bad about you are going to actually be people who promote you. And I feel so strongly that for all of us, that God is shifting the season for you and for me. And people, relationships that have been against you. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your marriage, to be honest. Things that went wrong for years. Your biggest pain in the neck. <laughs> what would Kathy say? <laughs> Are going to be the people who most promote you. I believe that we're in a major shift and that we will look back at the end of this year as a pivot point for both ourselves privately and our movement publicly. God is sending a little bird. He's a little insignificant. You have to listen. It's a whisper. It's not the fire. It's interesting that Moses... When God, you know, when you hear about Moses turning aside for a burning bush, you probably know this, but in case you don't, burning, spontaneous combustion was very common in the desert. So a burning bush would not be noticeable. It says when Moses noticed that the bush was on fire but not consumed, meaning he probably walked by it day after day after day. Probably it was on the path to where he was watering his flock would be just a guess. But he probably after weeks of and he's thinking, Hey, I look, I think that's the same bush I passed last week. It's still on fire. It's not consumed. That's when he turned aside and the Lord spoke to him. Later on, the Lord said to him, come up here. And he went on the Mount Sinai and the Lord said to him, listen, I'm going to go down and talk to the people. And here's what's going to happen. I'm going to, there's going to be lightning and thunder and there's going to be a dark cloud. And I'm going to speak to you audibly out of the dark cloud. And while it's lightning and while it's thundering, so that the people, listen to this, will believe in you forever. I'm pointing out that sometimes God speaks with the peacock. Like if you miss that, you'll have something wrong with you. <laughs> but other times the Lord speaks in a voice. You got to stop. <laughs> you got to stop your activity and you got to go. Can you speak out of something that doesn't shout? that no one notices. And I just want to pray for you right now. The Lord would shift the season. That we wouldn't make decisions from our past ashes and do things to get out of pain. Make covenants with the wrong kingdom to have peace. I just release right now the wisdom from another age over all of us that this shift would be a heaven to earth shift. I pray for you, for all that you've been through as a, as a body. And by the way, I just want to thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for your encouragement because out of the midst of all those days, every single day there was also letters of encouragement.
I'm praying for you guys. I'm praying for this leadership. I'm praying for Benny. I'm praying for Bill. I'm with you. We're in you. We're, we're, we're for you. And I'm so thankful for all the people who stood with us. And even some out of, even we don't agree with you, but we're with you. We're part of the family. And I just bless you right now in Jesus' name. And before we go on, you may be in the room this morning and you may be the Saul we're talking about. You may not be a believer or in the first service, I was very convicted that there was somebody in that service, by the way, somebody did stand, who actually was a believer at one time but have walked away because of their ashes. And if that's you right now, I don't want to embarrass you, but if you're here that you don't know the Lord or you've walked away, you've come back, or you're watching us by streaming right now, I would that you just would stand up right now. Would you just stand up right now if that's you? I just want to say Jesus died openly, naked on a cross. And I pray for the Lord to give you courage to stand right now. If that's you this morning, would you just stand? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Thanks for your courage. Thank you, Lord. We're just going to wait just one more moment because of the, how important this is. Is there anyone else that would have the courage? I know there's probably people raising their hand on social media. We have people that are working with them right now. If there's anyone else in the room or in the overflow rooms, would you just stand right now? Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you so much for your courage. Thank you, Lord. I just want to say, what's your name? Yes. Yeah, when you stood up, I saw like a, a, a magnetic vortex around you that was attracting blessing. And I just want to say that in this one moment, you will mark this one moment when the Lord restored everything that was lost to you. Jeremiah 29 says that God's going to restore the fortunes that were taken from you. It's relationships. It's, it's, it's I don't know, it's children. It's all about this whole thing. And the Lord is blessing you right now. And I thank you so much for your courage. And I just see the word courage written over, over your chest, sir. And I just bless what God's doing in you. And I, I pray that he would take the pain out of your life, that he'd bring healing and restoration to your life. And I, I thank you so much for standing this morning. And uh, I'm going to have you come up in just a minute. But you guys can sit just a minute. Who's closing the service? Yeah, Jen. Thank you. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. If you want to find out more, read my blog or listen to the previous podcast episodes. Go to chrisvelton.com. Have an awesome day.